Oh man, I missed a day. What does that mean? Well, Wade, winners run in the rain. Today's exploration is this. Your consistency enslaves you. Sit back, relax. Let's light the lantern. Well, hello there, Rangers. Wade Skalski here. Lawyer, entrepreneur, husband, father to two crazy maniacs, and your guide to the understory. You, my friend, have a problem. You are stuck in a nine-to-five, and you want out. And the challenge is, the way out lies through the understory, which is filled with monsters and bandits. Don't worry, we'll get out together. Just remember, admission to the understory is free, but understanding always has a price. Let's light the lantern. What is up, Rangers, those of you who are in the understory against your will, and those of you who are in the understory on purpose, Wade Skalski here, the understory lawyer. Oh, man. So it's funny. It's like in the summertime, um, the sun comes up earlier because the days are longer. And so when I get up, uh, the sun is up. And there's something about getting up when it's dark that just makes me feel it makes me feel better about myself. Like, because it's if you knew me back in the day, me getting up before the sun came up, um, You'd be like, that doesn't happen. Like, I might be able to pull it off like one time um, every five years. And then usually it's because I'm up because I hadn't gone to bed from the night before. Because um, I was out drinking too many gin fizzes and raising, raising a ruckus. Um, and I will say this, though. One thing about living in a beach town and being young and running around and causing problems is it is cool sometimes to watch the sun come up. Um with your friends after a night out, but it is even more cool to watch the sun come up. Um, cause you got up early that morning and did some exercise and see it. it's better. The exercise is just more subtle. It takes a little bit. The exercise sun is a little bit more subtle. It takes a little bit more of a, a nuance, but it's better. Um, but they both have their place. And this is what we're going to talk about today in consistency. So when I was, um, when I was in the decade of darkness and I was trying to figure out how to be successful and I had a mentor who was like preaching consistency, 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 like relentless consistency. Right. And the messaging was, you know, that, that winners run in the rain and no doubt winners run in the rain and no doubt that you have to be consistent, but there is there is something about your consistency that will enslave you if you let it. So I'll give you an example. I'll give you we're going to do a couple examples today. So when I was young, like in high school young, I didn't do anything. I was I, I, back then the term was I was straight edge, right? Like I didn't I didn't drink. I didn't I didn't I just didn't do anything. Okay. I did all my activities, like every single activity known to man. I think I was in like 17 extracurricular activities over the years or whatever. None of that includes studying though. I, school was not my bag. Um, and then, and that's all I did. And so I had this constraint that I had placed upon myself that I will not go outside this extremely narrow box that I've put my, put myself in for my actions. And what was really sad about it was it's, I wasn't trying to accomplish anything. It wasn't, it, it's different as if I would have said, I'm going to get a 4.0, I'm going to go to Harvard, I'm going to, I'm going to like do all these extracurricular activities and I don't, I'm not going to do anything else other than, uh, achieve that goal. I didn't even have like a, some master goal to achieve. I was just afraid. And so like I had placed these barriers, I had placed these barriers around me because I had no, for whatever reason, 
I'm sure some of it had to do with my upbringing. I'm sure some of it had to do with my personality. I'm sure some of it had to do with the environment that I was in. But the, all those things came together for me to make a decision of just of, of, of zero courage, total fear. And I was just like, I'm not I'm not getting myself involved with any of that stuff. Right. And so I just put this box around myself and I defined myself as successful as long as I stayed in that box, even though I wasn't accomplishing anything. I defined myself as successful as long as I stayed in that box, even though I didn't accomplish anything. And 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 it, then what happened was, is that when I was like later, and, and usually people do it in college, but I did it my first year in law school. Good thinking, Frank. Way to think that one through. Um, and so like I started, you know, I started drinking for the first time. I had my first drink and I was like 23 or 23 years old. And that was kind of like the dam that that, that that was like what broke the dam. And I just, I had, I just broke, I, I, I just then that started this, this sequence of me just going and just pushing every boundary possible. Okay. And, and so it's like, you know, it's, it, you go from one extreme to the other, the skulls, you know, we, we live in North Dakota, the coldest place on the earth. And then we went to Arizona, the hottest place on the earth. And, uh, the Skalskis are people of extremes. And so that's, that's just what happened. I, I, I went crazy. And then it took me a long time to unwind that and, and come to the, the perfectly balanced person that you see before yourself today. And, uh, <laughs> and the point is this, is that, is that, um, I'm not saying don't be consistent in things, all right? Um, but your consistency can enslave you. And it's, it, it, you have to pick, you have to be very selective in what you, you pick to be consistent with because true consistency is, is, you know, it's a commitment. And what I mean by commitment, I mean like by a marriage commitment, like you marry it. So, you know, my wife and I have been married um, for nine years um, we got yesterday was our 10 year anniversary of us getting engaged. Thank you, Facebook, for reminding me of that. Um, and because it was like a really cool picture where we're both really, really young and dewy. And and so, like, I'm I'm, I'm doing my best. To, I'm doing my best to be committed to the institution of marriage. Right. And marriage is not for sissies. I love I love people who like poo poo on marriage and they're like, oh, like what? Like you can poo poo on marriage. I'm not telling you that you have to get married. That's up to you. Like marriage is not for everyone, but it's also not for sissies. And it is tough. It is tough. And sometimes it's awesome. And sometimes it's it's hard. And but the commitment is what the commitment is what what pulls you through. There's two things that pull you through, in my opinion, when things get tough. One is the commitment and two, it's the wedding. And this one's for free. This is a little off the beaten path, but you know, this is an exploration today. Uh, not a process. We're doing an exploration today. Um, and so when you explore things pop up and you're like, Oh, what's that? And so we're going to go there. And when we were trying to decide what we were going to do for our, if we're going to have a wedding or not, or save the money for a house payment or something like that. Um, uh, then, you know, I was more of the, the woman than she was. She was like, no, no. And I'm a social person. So I'm like, throw a huge, gigantic party with an open bar. Heck yeah, let's do that. And uh, but one of the other reasons was, though, and I actually thought about this, was that I feel like the wedding is is the the it's the it's a planned growth experience that is the best you can do at that time to give you the best memory that you can at that time. And then you layer on the institution of marriage on it and all the high hopes that you have. And when times get tough, let's say like six years later, you can think about that experience and you can relive it. And then you can, 
you can future pace yourself again by what's possible for the emotions. Even though you're two totally different people, the, the emotions can be brought back. And that's the purpose of the wedding, right? It's a touchstone. It's always a touchstone. It's your commitment. And so that the wedding and then and it doesn't have to be a big to do. It could just be like when your friends get together and you make the commitment in front of your friends and then you remember their support of you and you have that forever. That never goes away. And um, so, so anyway, how did I, I don't even know how I got, oh, it's a commitment, right? So you want to commit to something like, like you're going to marry it. So for example, and, and we're going to bring this back around now to like, I like to use social media as an example. So I committed to doing 365 podcasts in 365 days. That's a commitment. I married that commitment. I hit that goal. Okay. Then I had to up the consistency to say, well, we're going to do this every day and we don't get to have makeup days. Okay. And then the third year is going to be every day, same time. So eventually like it'll be super, super regulated, super consistent, like, but it's a commitment. Like I married it, but it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel like because I'm doing it in that way, it, it doesn't feel like I'm in prison. Okay. But I have, I have made commitments before that made me feel like I was in prison and then that's no fun. Like you can't create, you can't create if you feel like you're enslaved. I mean, you're committed to your job. You go there every day. You're going to get fired. You get a little wiggle if you get sick. Right. But you're enslaved to your job. If you don't like it, if you love your job, you're not a slave. You're not a slave to it. So you're committed to it. So, so the thing is, is like, you got to make sure like when you start, like these gurus start telling you, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And, and you start laying all these constraints on yourself that you're not enslaving yourself by your forced consistency and it's percentages most things are percentages okay if you think about your kids i talk about this a lot like one day they just eat like crap right let's say they go to someone else other kid's birthday party and these these other parents aren't as big into nutrition as you are and they're throwing throwing treats at them and they're throwing candy at them they're eating cake and they're eating ice cream and they have just like the shittiest day of food ever well, if you if you have this thing where you, you're going to feel super bad about yourself, if you're like, I am super organic parent and I make sure eh, 85 percent. That's what I tell my wife about our kids diets. If they can, if 85 days, you know, 80, 85 days in the month, if 85 percent of the month they eat well, we're fine. They're fine. Right. And we do a good job of that because like we don't uh, treats are actually a real treat, quote, treats are a treat for them. And uh, because we don't give them, we don't feed them, we don't keep crap in the house because I can't handle crap in the house. If you, if, if my weakness is Mint Milano cookies, if I buy it, there has never been a bag of Mint Milano cookies that has ever survived one day. It's, it doesn't even survive at night. Like it, it, I buy it, I start eating them on the way home from the grocery store and they're done within an hour of getting to the house. They, they have fulfilled their purpose. They're happy. I am happy. So I just don't, it's, they're my weakness. I just Mint Milano cookies. Okay. And if you ever dream, if you ever send me a dream 100 box, send me some mint Milano cookies. Cause this is buried in like episode 396 <laughs> and I'll know that you've binged listened to my episodes. Okay. That, that they're in there. That'll be our, that will be your, the first person that does that will be the, the secret plan to me that that person is, uh, actually went back and listened to my stuff. So, but you're, cons- but you're, you don't want to enslave yourself with your consistency. So I'll give you another example with Russell Brunson. Like I try to listen to Russell Brunson's uh, marketing secrets podcast every morning because it satisfies repetition is the mother of learning. It satisfies association and immersion. And I learn a lot from the guy and he's in my starting five, starting five are Russell Brunson, Jake, um, judge drudge, 
Steve Larson, Dana Derricks, and Ben Settle. That's my starting five. That's that is the foundation. Those are the foundational coaches that I build and frameworks that I build my entire. I'm building my entire business off of. That's my starting five, and. And so I'm like, okay, great. Now I could say to myself, I'm going to listen to this every single day. I'm going to be consistent at it. Or I could just be like, I'm going to just try to listen to this every day because it's, 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 you only get to commit to so many things. And so I'm, I have like a, he's got 450 episodes total and he does two a week and I've listened to about 320 of them. And so I'm like a hundred in. So let me ask you this question. But I'm not perfect about it. I print, I take a picture of them and then I, you can look and you can see, you can actually, the, the interesting part about it is you can see where I am in my production schedule by when I listen to him. Because if I'm listening to him like super early in the morning, you know, I'm on schedule. If you hear, if you see me listen to him at like eight o'clock or listen to me at like, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon, then you know, I'm, I'm a little bit off of my schedule. Um, and so it's actually, it's like a running tally. So you can see that I'm not perfect all the time. I don't, but I don't, I don't demand perfection of myself and I don't really care if you demand perfection of me because perfection is not required to win. If it was, no one would win. And so which one is better? So which one of these two experiences is better? Um, I, every time I miss Russell Brunson in a day, listening to his podcast and posting on my social media, I just like self-flagellate myself in anger. I'm like, I'm the worst person ever. I'm never going to be successful. Or I'm just, or I allow there to be a little bit of nuance in this because you only get so many commitments and it's a soft commitment to do it, but it, it, I do it to where it's the point of where it's like, it gets done. So I've listened to all of his, I've listened to 330 episodes or whatever it is. Uh, I've posted every day of what I have learned. I have a running tally, like in my own library of, of insights from him and from me. And, and then things to remind myself of that's an asset and I don't stress about it. It causes zero stress. If I miss it, I try not to miss it, but it causes zero stress. And then I'm open. It's not a chore to listen to it. If you're doing something, if you are forced to, if I force you to attend some concert, right, or um, not a concert, I force you to attend some self-improvement seminar, you're not going to listen. You're going to close your arms and you're not going to be open to it. And you're not going to, you're not going to be open to the creative, you're not going to be open to the creative powers to like the subtle lessons that just whisper to you. I had something whisper to me this morning. And it was, yeah, let's look, let's try changing the word process to exploration. Cause that's really what we're doing is we're exploring the, we're exploring the understory, right? We're in process, but the purpose of the podcast is to explore the understory. So let's call it an exploration. That's what the episode is. And if I would have been flagellating myself, I don't even know that's a word. I just like it. I would have been flagellating. I'm going to call this maybe instead of the flatulence button, I'll call it the flagellation button. Um, I don't know. We'll figure that out. Maybe that's not such a good subtle lesson creativity, but if I would have been crushing myself because of getting off off track on something the day before, I wouldn't have heard it. And now I don't know if it's going to be good or not, but we're going to test it out. And if you don't hear any of them, you never have any of them to test them out and get feedback on. So don't enslave yourself with commitments and think that that is the the, the definition of success because then you just give all your power away to like these commitments. You need to keep your power. You need to stand in clarity and you need to, to look at the feedback and say, there are things in your life that you will have to commit to that you don't want to. You're just, there just are. Um, but not everything. And, and other people can't other. It's rare that other people, other people can't tell you. And then you just blindly accept it. You have to test it. And then you have to make the decision yourself. 
And the reason is, is that if someone tells you that you have to run in the rain and then you run in the rain and then that's the reason that you're successful, you don't really know then how to make decisions on what to commit to and what not to commit to. And then you're a slave to that other person. For them, running in the rain, no matter like running no matter what may be their path to success. And that may be a commitment that they may have to make. But for others, it's it's a it's a form of enslavement. It, it no one can tell you how to be successful. You have to figure it out. Other people can make suggestions up to things that work and make commitments that are suggestions, but you have to try them out. And you have to find out what works for you personally or else you're a slave. And I don't want to be a slave. I don't want to be a slave to anyone. I want to be committed to my wife. I want to be committed to my children. I'm committed to this podcast. But I made those decisions myself and no one no one forced me to do that and that's why they're that's why I don't feel like I'm imprisoned. I feel committed, not enslaved. So what I want you to do is take out your Ranger Field journal. If you don't have a Ranger Field journal, take out a regular journal. If you don't have a regular journal, go get one. You're going to need one from time to time. But for right now, take out your Unicorn Trapper Keeper from the fifth grade. And what I want you to do is I just want you to write down, am I committed or am I enslaved? And just remember, there is no end if you stay in the path of understanding. Listen up, Rangers. You can't escape your nine to five, but you're going to need two things. You're going to need a place to stand to make decisions in confidence and clarity, and you're going to need a process to do that. I wrote a book, Creative Clearing, The Husband Entrepreneur's Guide to Escape the Nine to Five, that will give you those two things. It took me 20 years to write that book. I stepped on every landmine. I battled lots of monsters and bandits in the understory so that you don't have to. I know you've been promised the magical course, coach, codex crypto on the internet before but those things teach tactics and strategies i wrote this book so that if i hand it to you and you take it and you read it and you use it it will give you a process that if we never talked again it is inevitable for you to escape your nine to five go to creativeclearingbook.com again that's creativeclearingbook.com all you have to pay is the shipping and handling and i will send you this book for free rangers path of understanding never ends, but I want you to get to where you want to go. Go like the lantern.